everybody. Um, welcome to um, day four of our um, podcast for Dye Matters Awareness Week. This week is running from the 2nd of May to the 6th of May. Um, and as I'm sure you're all aware by now, it's the theme of the week is in a good place. Um, so my name's Charmaine. I'm the end of life care facilitator for the Trust and one of the palliative care um, nurse practitioners. Um, today we're joined by the HUNU um, company and um, Claire's kindly going to talk to us a little bit about um, what her company does in the business and, and ways in which we can talk about digital legacy and and, um, and and the wonderful things that they do. So I'll let everybody introduce themselves and then we'll uh, we'll get going. Um, Nikki? <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki Morgan. I'm the team leader for the palliative care team across both sites at UHNM. Fab and Claire. Hi, I'm Claire Turner and founder of Hunu, and we create products and tools to educate people about death, dying and legacy. So, Claire, thank you so much for joining us today and, and for being in, um, involved in our podcasts. And um, obviously, previously, back it was 2019, I think it was, when you came to the Trust and you met us and we did a, a face-to-face Dying Matters Awareness Week. Um, and that was fantastic to have you with us and um, and to, you know, see what the what your company does and, and the stuff that we can offer to our um, patients and relatives. But also, us as a team, it was amazing and it really got us talking um, and looking on the website and having a little think about yes what we would like and um, and some of the the kind of more out there options um, and things to consider um, that are yeah not you know not just your standard ideas of, of death and dying and um, and what it could be like but can, for people who don't know about who do you want to tell people about you know what you do and and um, yeah and what you can offer Absolutely, absolutely. So um, who knew is all about trying to get people to have those difficult conversations. Now that might be about a life limiting illness, it might be about terminal illness, um, it might be just about significant change that could be caused by grief um, or, or many different things that happen to us, some sort of loss. We do, we are totally underpinned by by death and dying. Um, that's the one thing that we all have in common. It's definitely going to to happen to all of us. Um, and we don't actually know when some of us have a prognosis. Um, and I remember vividly, obviously being there in May 2019, I got a phone call from my brother that day to tell me he'd just been diagnosed with uh, terminal prostate cancer. Um, and we're probably in the final six to 12 months. as it. He's been given 12 months at the moment. So um, a very real thing for me in terms of being in the business and experiencing it. And... Yeah, it doesn't make it any easier. I'll <laughs> just say that. Just say that. Um, but it is something that, that's going to happen to us all. So it brings it really to the fore in terms of what we do. So we 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 create um, some products. I call them products and tools. That's the easiest way. If you think about things you buy in a shop. So we have card games and we have journals and we have spiritual wills. So they're very sort of tangible things that individuals and families can, can play and do um, and they help people express some of their ideas and their hopes and their wishes but it isn't just about um, making a plan for your funeral it's about sharing things about your legacy so as a sort of a question back to you rather than me talking all the time <laughs> yeah. if you think um, and I'm going to ask Nikki actually because that's <laughs> rather than Charmaine but Nikki what's what's the sort of food that you associate in your family what's what's the sort of hand-me-down food is there, is there anything that is there a recipe or anyone in your family that that sort of carries on my cooking skills are terrible <laughs> um, and I've probably inherited those from my mother um, 
so from that side, no, probably not other than a little bit of burnt food, shall we say. But from my um, husband's side, they're all great cooks, but the stable is probably lasagna, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's, it's it's getting people to think about the things that sort of come through the family, um, you know, the passions and the love that we have, the legacy that we build as individuals. So some of our tools are actually about recording that. So like, you you know, where's your where's your special place? Um, you know, where where is the place where you you feel most fulfilled or most comfortable or most warm? Um, and it's sort of about trying to get people to think about those things and share them because that's really important, particularly if you're thinking about death and dying and, and, and you have a prognosis or someone you love, someone close to you is, is terminally ill or has a life limiting illness. That information is really important to understand and share um, it, because it helps us all. It helps you as the individual who might be going through that 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 diagnosis and prognosis. And it, it helps the rest of us in terms of living our lives most fully as we can and fulfilling that bit about loving the spirit that we do of the, of the person that we know that we're going to lose or, or have lost so it's those those important things so it isn't just about um making plans for your funeral but it's about thinking about you know what's your favorite poem and how would your best friends describe you in three words and i think i might just ask charmaine that <laughs> like to take an opportunity of these things. so charmaine how would your best oh, friends God. describe you in three words um, three words um i think i'm quite driven so I'm always on the go um I think they'd say I'm very sarcastic actually I've got quite a dark and I don't know if that's the nurse in me I've got quite a dark sense of humor um yeah. you know yeah it's typical sort of you know laugh at laugh when somebody falls over and you know that that as well so I think I'm quite yes and then I'm, I'm and I'm quite sarcastic and 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 you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a roll your eyes and a bit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So probably driven, dark humour and then sarcastic or quick-witted. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. hopefully nice as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so a lot of the stuff that we do is as much about the person that we are, to think about who we are and actually think about the important stuff that, that's there to sort of share. Um, as much about thinking, you know, have I, have I made plans? Um, so, you know, 101 is... I always stand in a room full of people. I did it last week. Um, uh, I did a, a, a video conference, you know, and only about 30 to 40 percent of the people in the room had a will, uh, but 100 percent had a mortgage. Yes. So that's, you yeah. know, that that's 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 death positive dying 101. Get a will in place. Yeah. Um, if you then add any of our, our frailties or complexities as human beings, um, whether whether we're sick or we aren't within that, it then it then gets a bit more complex. And it's actually we should start to do some of this stuff. You know, we should start to express some of the things that we we want or we don't want. And for me, and part of who knew is not so expressing them is great. Absolutely. That, that's 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 the yeah, first yeah. bit. And then the second bit is actually sharing that with a little bit of a broader audience. So from my own experiences, sadly, not only did was my mum, uh, my brother diagnosed two years ago, coming up for three years ago, my mum was diagnosed at the end of 2020 with esophageal cancer. And sadly, she died at the end of last year. The, the advantage, I suppose, of my position and my mum helping me with who knew she was there at every opportunity doing Macmillan events and anything yeah. we could do if my team weren't there, she'd be there. And she was making yeah. face masks, raising money for her local hospice that she ended up in. Never in a million years, years did she think she'd be there. 
But the advantage of bringing my mum into the fore and, and into who knew got her talking to everybody. So when some of the decisions around her funeral and her sort of last rite of pas passage um, came, I was able to recognise what I needed to do as a daughter, that my mum was also a mother to my brother. She was also a sister to her brothers and sisters and she had friends. Um, but I think sometimes that's quite difficult to recognise for people to, even if even if someone's expected to die, it's always a shock. It is always a shock. You know, it's it's that that ex expression of loss is just it's horrible, and and some of those decisions end up being left with one person, um, and those decisions they have to make about in in sim simple terms, you know, burial, cremation, coffin, what type of coffin. Um, what type of vehicle, songs, no songs, what type of service. You may have some of the information, but you're caught in that, that, that period where it's really, really difficult. One person has to make those decisions about a person that's died who was a mother, brother, sister, friend, auntie, uncle, neighbour. They were many things to many people, not just to that one person. So I believe it's really important to get that reflection of the whole person within the funeral planning and within the, the celebration for, for me, the celebration of life and particularly for my mum. Yeah. So tying my business to my personal experience, sorry, but they are at the moment. They're really yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think we're, you know, we we're, we're often do the same and, and, you know, it is very intertwined. And just because we work in palliative care, it gives you tools and, and gives you experiences and gives you that knowledge of, of, you know, what to expect and how to help. But at the same time, it doesn't you don't separate yourselves. And actually, yeah, it is just as as difficult to go through and, and you know, just the same emotions. And actually, I always think it's a privilege if then you can use those other skills that you have from your your professional life to help them people mm. um, in your personal life as well. And I was yeah. just thinking as you were talking, Claire, around the impact of COVID and mm. the restricted visiting, certainly within the hospital and how it's perhaps now those natural conversations are so much easier face to face with visitors coming in and being able yeah. to talk. If for the patients that have become unresponsive, you can still get a flavour of who that person is and those stories. And that is so much more meaningful, yeah. isn't yeah. it, at yeah. that time? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, COVID has been a torrid time for a lot, a lot of, well, for the world, for, for everybody. Um, and it's now we've got to a point where those restrictions have lifted and we can get there. I mean, I was really lucky. Um, they were really supportive of my mum. She did die in hospital and she absolutely didn't want to. She had a broken hip. Um, then it, it, it wasn't it wasn't where she wanted to be, but we couldn't move her. Um, and they did their best to support that, which is 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 great. Um, it really wasn't where she wanted to be at all. And there's part of me that wonders, should I have fought a bit more? But when someone's got a broken hip, you know, it's how do you push a bit more at that 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 last point um, when you know that that last point is coming? And it was, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with with people like yourselves, you know, professionals. So I, I really understood where we were. Um, part of me wonders if we should have tried to get her out of the nursing nursing bay. We did get her into a side room, but it's really important um, 
my sons, so my husband and I, we've come away from last year's experience with my mum. So every three years we will visit a nursing home because I never, ever want my children to experience the experience that I had with my mum, uh, which was about making that decision about putting her in a home. And it feels like you're condemning someone. Um, it's really difficult. And I and, and that some of the homes were beautiful, but that just that decision to move someone, um, she'd gone from her home into a hospice for uh, pain relief and then she was being moved from the hospice to a home um, in a palliative setting yeah. but needed needed nursing care so that was really difficult so I said to my husband right every three years so we already know for the next three years where we're going to go and then in three years time we're going to go revisit so the kids will never ever have that problem that we're going to have yeah. and then the other thing is our, we're really clear about what we want in terms of what our preferred place of death is and what our preferred priorities of care are you know I have a brother who's dying and a mum who's dead and an auntie who's had breast cancer. So my chances are pretty high. <laughs> so we've all, we're having the conversations and it's it sounds quite harsh, but we've had the conversations with the children and with my parents. Um, should I get a cancer diagnosis, I'll go down the route of treatment. But my my preferred position will not be to find myself at the end of treatment. I will go for something. I don't want to do what my mum did. I don't want to go through what my mum did. So I will go for some sort of assisted support in another country, which will be my personal choice. But um, I, I've made that really, really clear. Whether we'll be able to afford that or whether that will happen, that's my preference. But we'll see. And it's really interesting because we talk about, I mean, you know, advanced care planning. Um, and that, that happens when you have a terminal diagnosis or a life-limiting illness but actually all of us can make those advanced plans all of us can we can yeah. all share where we would prefer to die and what we prefer to happen um i'd prefer my husband to come home i'd like him to be here um and he's quite he's like he's like okay i can deal with that because actually i'd like him if, if he's going to die before me i'd like him to die at home and i want to be able to sit next to him and scream and shout and sing and drink too much wine and and cry and do all those sorts of stuff. I want that time with him. I don't, I do not wish to make an appointment and go and view him in the local mortuary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I might be a little bit different, but he's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, not. but I, I think that that's the, for me, sometimes this is the, the joy of what we do is the individuality of, of what we do and how no person's experience is you know is the same and and how you know sometimes they're similar but they're not the same and um your views you know can be wildly different and that's what I enjoy about our job is we meet that many different people who have that many different wishes and um and it and I'm often find myself saying to people there is no right or wrong you know Absolutely. there is there is never a right or wrong to this situation it is what you want you know and I'm never here to judge that's never my position um, you know, I'm just here to support you with with however and, and whatever we can can support you with. And, and sometimes those wishes, you know, we we were talking this morning and somebody uh, made a flippant comment about, you know, I'd love to die in the Caribbean and, and that would be lovely. <laughs> but sometimes we understand that that's not always going to be possible. Um, but it's actually OK thinking, well, that's not possible. But what is, you know, what else was it that was important to you? You know, what can we do that's tangible? And um, we've spoken. Um, on other, you know, that people might hear um, on other podcasts about um, when people are dying in hospital, that that often isn't people's preferred place of care. Um, and you've touched on that with mum, you know, and how this isn't always why people want to die. But actually, what can we do if you are dying with us to try and make 
you know this a better environment and and you know and how can we support families and how can we support patients and um uh, we like to think that you know things like open visiting and um memory boxes and you know we try and make rooms as nice as we can and play your favorite music and and bring in the dog and you know and, yeah. and have your own clothes and your own blankets and you know pictures and smells and all the things that would be familiar to you um at home or in a hospital wherever it, it is that you'd want to die so we'd be able to give you you know at least try and replicate some of those things but yeah we're always aware that that this isn't always where where everybody wants to die and, and what they want no my um, sorry yeah, i was just thinking <laughs> that as you've both touched on the individuality mm. and some people have already spent a long time and know exactly yeah. what it is that's meaningful to yeah. them. Yeah. And other people are very uncomfortable mm. discussing it, aren't they? Which you talked about, no right or wrong. Yeah. And some wishes are easier to help support and respect yeah. than others. Um, I'm certainly aware of some of the discharges that we've done, yeah. that we've managed to get people <laughs> in yeah. a camper van or a yeah. caravan yeah. or yeah. travelling yeah. to a different hospice across yeah. the, up into Scotland. Yeah, I think we got things. somebody on a holiday, didn't we? To a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then other things that have been a little bit harder, like requests of certain life-size cardboard cutouts <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, it's very different. It is very different, yeah. It's, it's interesting, actually. My mum, I went to all her oncology appointments and I go to my brother's. Um, my brother is happy asking about his prognosis. My mum never did. She didn't want to know. Um, and she didn't talk to me about it. It was really interesting. And she didn't, there were some things she talked about, uh, but she didn't talk openly about dying. We talked openly about dying because that's what, what I do day in, day out. But she didn't talk openly about her death. But she used her Who Knew book, Before I Die, Who Knew book. Um, and she, in her little journal bit, and she'd written some really specific things, like she wanted to be made into a um, Christmas decoration. Uh, and there's a, a wonderful little note which says, so I can be remembered twice, well, at least twice a year when you take me out and put me away again. <laughs> Um, and it is it is that sort of little sense of humour. And, and I was just thinking when you were saying some people do prepare and some people don't. And she also made a flippant comment to me, which was, shove me in a cardboard box in the back of the car. Yeah. Um, when we were looking at cardboard boxes, I was like, mm. and as I said, she'd spent all lockdown making masks and scrubs bags for nurses and raising money for the local hospice. Never in a million years did we think that first year what what was to come I mean she thought she had indigestion but that was that was sort of it um and when it came to looking at the cardboard boxes I was like I don't know so I took she used to make these quilts she'd anybody had a nice shirt or whatever she would upcycle it she'd make these masks or she'd make a quilt and she had all these quilts so I made a quilt of her quilts and I wrapped her um, I had a wonderful experience at the funeral directors, although they thought it was a bit weird, but it's just, it's not knowing. I mean, I had no idea going into the funeral directors when we went to wrap her that I would end up dressing her, which was a really cathartic experience. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, it was a month on. Um, so cathartic to understand that her spirit still lived on and this this was just her body. Um, it was It was a very, very special moment, but we haven't dressed her and... I would I would say to anybody, if you get that opportunity, take it. I didn't know it was there. It just happened. 
And it was one of those, it just happened. Um, and I didn't think to ask for it. We wrapped her in this, this, um, this quilt of quilts and we put her in a little wicker basket. We shoved her in the back of our car for an hour and a half up the A1 with Queen's Greatest Hits blaring, which was, we'd spent sort of three days in the hospital. We'd had Queen, we'd had Mozart, we'd had Disney, <laughs> you name it. We'd, we'd had everybody and everything playing. And we were really good from that point of view. I think it's really important that sort of to understand what the individuality is and can be and the things that you can do. But it's on us as well to express those. Yes, absolutely. Um, sorry, and last last week, the week before last, week before last, I was at the palliative care conference, um, and I was talking to a lot of uh, uh, professionals like yourselves. And my belief is, it isn't just down to you guys as doctors and nurses and and support um, to to talk to us about death and dying. It's up to us to help you have the conversations as well. Um, we should be saying to you, you know, what what are my options or am I dying or this is what I want to know or can you help me or I want to talk about this or I'm worried about this because it's as hard as it is for you in your profession to find the right time as it is for us. So I think uh, there's for me, we're all human beings at the end of the day, we just need to be a little bit brave and ask for the help and support or say, I, I don't want to talk about it. That's as helpful as I do want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely is actually I, I was just about to say sometimes um just knowing that you don't want to talk about that you know or whatever that element of of death and dying is is just as important of, as knowing what you what you do want to talk about because then actually we can we can almost remove that elephant from the room we can almost take that that you know treading on tiptoes away we know that you don't want to talk about that that's not a problem but let's focus on what you do want to talk about and let's focus on actually how else we can help you and and you know exactly what you touched on some people don't want to talk about prognosis and again that's fine um but that was a dread sometimes there is, that there same is. conversation yeah. is going to be oh, on a daily basis definitely. so just knowing that actually yeah. i don't need to yeah or yes yeah. i'm the sort of person that really yeah. would like to be involved and, and yeah and ask these and have those conversations yeah. definitely no it's really important there's also an opportunity and this is sorry i'm bringing very much my personal stuff into this one my hoonish it's, it's all into absolutely <laughs> For me, when I was with my mum, it was really important for me that I understood. I felt, I, and I was saying to the the doctors, "You can talk plainly to me. I, I get where we are. I mean, I've got I've got a whole bucket of emotions. I didn't stop me sort of howling like a lunatic in the car, um, but I I needed to understand for me so that I could do the best by my mum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think again we. We sometimes again you, you, we tiptoe around relatives and we tiptoe around around those that are important to our patients as well because it's that fear of, of upsetting or that fear of not knowing the right words to say or um or understanding exactly that how do you want plain language can we speak frankly or, or honestly or or you know are you a person who actually doesn't want to know what's going on and, and doesn't want to be as involved so again and there's no right or wrong it, it's just it's always good to know what, what your stance is and, and you know what's important to all of you as a family and, and I think that's what I like about palliative care as well is is that we care for patients who we care for patients and we care for the family you know and yes. we, we care for everybody um you know we're not just there for, the, for that person um who's having this experience we're there for the family who are going to remember this experience um and you know and we get that opportunity you know to do that with them I was just thinking Claire you'd mentioned about some of the resources available 
um, for who knew. And perhaps some of those ways of starting some mm. of these conversations. I don't know if you could talk for a little minute about some of those <laughs> yeah. available. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I started too earlier on. We have sort of like we have cards. Um, we have a great pack of cards and we have them online as well as um, in a pack. The online ones we tend to use with nursing students, first and second year nursing students, because they're quite a nice way of introducing some of those difficult conversations. Um, and they they work equally well in a training setting as they do in a family setting as they do in a fun a sort of like a, a friend setting. Um, and they are they are great fun. And the journals of um I know, you know, we've sort of certainly in hospices, they've been a really lovely tool. Um young parents uh, one springs to mind particularly and I had a lovely lovely email from the palliative care nurse just to tell me the story of what a difference the book had made for her um we also we run some online sessions so we run like digital memory boarding spiritual wills and funeral planning we've got some running through dying matters awareness week so they will be on the dying matters uh, website um, so you can join up to those they're normally um those sessions we normally sort of uh, we work with teams and groups with those, but um, they're free to attend if people want to. If they want to make a contribution, it'll go to Dying Matters in Essex, which I'm also part of. I'm a co-director within that. That's bringing all the groups in Essex. That's just because I have actually one foot in Essex. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of like my my ground. But although who knows, multi sites are all over the, the UK. And then we work um, and then we have these very large, uh, they're AO size, so they're enormous. These, I'm actually going to show you one, so I'm sorry. No, 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 show. It's the small one. Um, oh, wow, gosh, they are. <laughs> so, so they're, they're AO size, they're enormous, and they're, they're work mats, and they sit on a rounder table so you can seat six people. Um, we do also do them online, but it, we've got three different types. So one's about getting people talking about uh, legacy giving what's a legacy and what's important to them because it isn't just about a huge financial contribution to some foundation it's all of us have a legacy we're all creating it you know the time we spend in I don't know the local coffee shop uh, volunteering or um, whether it's uh, in our, our charity shop whatever we, whatever we might be doing we're all creating a legacy or it might be our lasagna recipe um, another one's around big conversations that's about helping people uh, think about the big things, so that's wills, organ donation, advanced care planning, lasting power of attorney, bucket lists, um, you know, funeral plans. It's it's the important stuff. So that 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 work mats around that. And then the final one is around time to talk, which is a really interesting work mat, and it's aimed at being part of a difficult conversation. So it's giving people soft skills. Okay. So how 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 do if I tell you that I'm terminally ill? How do you be part of that conversation? Actually, how do I want you to be part of the conversation? And let's say I work with you and I come back to work and you you know that I have a, a diagnosis of some description. And do you talk to me? And Pete that sits next to me, who's my job share, does he say, let's say it's breast cancer, does he speak to me at all? You know, and maybe just because we're girls, how how do we have those conversations, uh, particularly in the workplace? And that's that's in any workplace, including the clinical one. So it's actually how you're part of those conversations and practicing being part of those conversations because everything we do is learned by doing. Um, we learn to walk by learning to walk. You know, you learn to be a nurse by nursing. So it is, you know, you learn accounting by playing with numbers. It's it's the same thing. It's we learn by doing. So they're aimed at they're aimed at doing that. So the whole the whole thing, 
everything we do within Who Knew is about underpinning having those difficult conversations um, and then hopefully a bit of a call to action. Um, doing something about it, either making a will, talking with your family, I don't know, filling out a journal, whatever it might be. Yeah. I was just about to say, it feels like, you know, you've absolutely given everybody those skills that could be for any person in any walk of life. It is then that call to action. It's it's then where do you go with that? What do you do with that? You know, and, um, you know, and, and it's it's seeing that emotion, I guess, and, and seeing that actually people go away and think, oh, yeah, I will make a will. Or, yes, I'll go and talk to, you know, my loved ones about this is what I want and these are my wishes and you know and and how can I put this down either on paper or in a journal um you know so that it isn't one person relying on you know should the when the inevitable happens that you know actually the the stuff here and you've shared that so it it sounds wonderful it's really really good yeah so no it is so if people wanted to um to find you obviously we know (laughs) we know where you live um but you have a website we do we do um uh, so we have two websites, but one yep. in terms of people, general yep. public, it's whonu.com. That's yep. H-U-U-N-U-U.com. Yep. And then the other one, if if you're if you if you work with groups or teams of people and you're interested in our products, um, we've got whonuforbusiness.com, and that's all words whonuforbusiness.com. Um, and you've already said the um, the sessions of some of the sessions are free to attend for people if they wanted to and the stuff running over dime matters yeah yeah um, yeah so fab so they can come and look for the products um very very last you know kind of touching on it um and you've kind of mentioned around children and and using the journals is there anything particularly that's aimed at we're obviously adult based <laughs> in what we do but I'm conscious people might be listening might be thinking for children or for younger children about having that conversation as well um, I'm conscious that a lot of grown-ups that we look after do have younger either children or grandchildren or somebody that they're connected to and, and is there anything there that's aimed at, at children particularly or having difficult conversations with them? Not yet, not yet. We do have a great children's book list. Um, yeah. but we, we have some children's stuff in the planning and we have some um, learning disability oh, work in the planning so uh, we've got a trust actually and a a specialist that we're working with just to get some some roundedness within that some expertise obviously we come with the expertise in terms of the design and what we need to do and we're trying to bring the expertise from two other areas into that so yes but but yeah probably the next six months fab. So watch this space. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a wonderful resource fab um i just want to say thank you i i think you know we we um, we do we, we publicize who knew and we talk about it with our with our patients anyway and like i said that pack of cards gets pulled out in the office and we um we sit and go through conversations <laughs> it's a conversation starter <laughs> it absolutely is um and i think you know I, I came across stuff in my drawer last week when i was tidying it up and from the diamatters awareness week from 2019 and um you know and, and just between me and kim in the office i started a whole conversation about what we want <laughs> and you know wicker caskets and and being planted into trees and made into fireworks and i think it's just <laughs> it, it just starts a conversation and, and it's so simple to do um and it's such a wonderful resource to have and and it's an easy resource to have and and you know and and you've clearly grown it massively since we first met anyway it's it's huge um but thank you for joining us thank you for your for your and for your 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 personal experiences as well because um i think this week we've we've talked to people with personal experiences and i think it's really wonderful to know how you know how this can make a difference and um and i and i 
love your mum's story of <laughs> wrapping her in a quilt and and down the most over queen. <laughs> I, honestly, another one bites the dust. I did video it. <laughs> She would have absolutely been crying a laugh. It would have been. So. I know, I keep my mind working every time now thinking, how can we replicate? We go home and telling the kids, this is what mummy wants. <laughs> but no, it's wonderful. But thank you so no, much. Well, Nikki and Charmaine, thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely lovely to talk to you both. Yeah, um, wonderful. Very and uh, yeah. best of luck with Dye Matters Week this year. And hope you yeah. do something face to face. Maybe I can come and see you again. Absolutely. Yes. Fingers crossed. That would be the best. Um, so for people listening, thank you so much. Um, so this is the end of, of day four of our Dying Matters Awareness Week um, podcast. We are doing more for the rest of the week. So we will be talking with our community teams. Um, we'll be looking again at um, advanced care planning with Dr. Carlton and Rebecca from Organ Donation. So please have a little listen to that. Um, and there's much more to come. So we are um, more than accessible. So we do have a Twitter page, a Facebook page. We are on uh, the internet the intranet for staff as well so please come and find us if you've got any questions about who knew or about the palliative care team and what we can offer um then yeah please do get in touch and, and you know we're more than happy to help so thank you very much and thank you again for nikki and claire and um yeah wonderful take care